Hello and welcome to Back to Basics Birthing. My name is Vicki Hobbs and I'm here to guide you, support you and provide you with information so you're feeling excited and confident about your birth. Birth is an incredible event, no matter how it happens. So I'm here to help you take the fear out of birth through education, planning and preparation. Welcome to episode 5, Every Woman Should Write a Birth Plan. So to start with, I truly believe that every woman should take independent childbirth education classes so they know what choices that they have so that they can confidently write their own birth plan. When you're birthing in a hospital, it's important to write a birth plan. It doesn't matter if someone rolls their eyes and thinks birth plans are nonsense. It's not their birth, it's yours. Antenatal classes run by hospitals are usually about the hospital and I feel this can still be beneficial for women and their partners to know what is being offered at the hospital and also to become familiar with their procedures. All hospitals have policies, procedures and guidelines in place for their protection but also for what they believe is for the protection of the patient as well. Notice I referred to you as a patient. Many women feel caught up in the role of being a patient, arriving at hospital, getting on the bed and being a good patient, listening to instructions and being a good patient, just doing what you're told to do. It's important to recognise that these policies, these procedures and all those guidelines are not the law. Your midwife may say, this is our policy, but she should go through all the hospital policies with you and tell you that they are recommendations or guidelines. But most importantly, she should also tell you that you don't have to consent to them. You have a choice. Women have the right to take control and ownership of their birth and their body while also preventing unnecessary routine interventions. A birth plan will ensure that the wants and needs of the mother are at the forefront of her care rather than the wants and the needs of her care providers. The way a woman is treated and spoken to during her pregnancy, her labour and her birth can and does have a long-lasting effect on her future. Make sure your partner and your birth team are all working together to honour your preferences and make your birth the best that it can be under any circumstances. If you don't feel your care providers are supporting your birth plan, then you have a choice. Change providers to a more supportive one. Before you book your care provider, ask them questions. Show them your birth plan and ask them if if there's any blocks that would prevent them from working with you and your birth plan. You are responsible for your choices. So if you stick with your care provider who is not supportive of your birth plan and your birth then becomes a medical circus that causes you distress, Um, and you feel that you've had a traumatic birth, you have to own that. You made the choice to stay with that care provider. A birth plan does not mean that you can't change your mind later on. We all know that birth is unpredictable and nobody can tell you how your birth is going to end up. But what a birth plan does is sets a platform for discussion, informed consent and trust. You must be provided with all all the information you need to make an informed choice. And that choice must be respected by everyone working with you. 
I've created a template for a birth plan that I'm happy to share with women. If you just want to email me, I can send that out to you. So my email is vicky at vickyhobbs.com. That's V-I-C-K-I at V-I-C-K-I-H-O-B-B-S.com. So just drop me an email and I'm happy to share that birth plan template with you. Um, this plan is, is only a guide and you can add anything or take anything out to suit your wants and needs. Okay, so I've just created this template for you to work with, for you to have the basics. Okay, and obviously some things will resonate with you and others won't. So it's really easy. It's just a Word document and you can go through and delete whatever you uh, feel doesn't resonate with you. I also suggest that women read and print out a copy of the Australian Medical Association Maternity Decision-Making Guidelines and attach it to your birth plan. Make a point of writing in your birth plan. The AMA Maternity Decision-Making Guidelines form part of my birth plan. There are 10 very important points there for your obstetrician and caregiver to be aware of. Point number two, I think, is very clear on the role of the obstetrician by stating a pregnant woman's capacity to make an informed decision should not be confused with whether or not the doctor or medical practitioner considers her decision to be reasonable, sensible or advisable. A doctor may not treat a competent pregnant woman who has refused consent to treatment. Recourse to the law to impose medical advice or treatment on a competent pregnant woman is inappropriate. This is such a powerful statement and clearly defines the doctor's roles in your decision-making processes. Once you have prepared your birth plan, give one copy to the obstetrician at your next appointment to discuss and to keep and to be put onto your file. Do this early rather than towards the end of your pregnancy when there may be more challenges if you want to change uh, care providers. So you can change care provider. Most of the time the problem comes up when you've already paid your management fee, okay, which is thousands of dollars and a lot of women don't want to lose that money. But you can actually ask for a refund and that can be prorated for the number of days that you've actually been in their care. Okay, so you should be able to um, show that by that obstetrician not agreeing to your birth plan, they, which means that they then are not providing you the service that you want, okay, and you are entitled to a refund. Once you've prepared your birth plan, give one copy to the obstetrician at your next appointment, okay, and then have another copy on file. So like I said, do this early. I also suggest that you take several copies of your birth plan and the AMA guidelines and have those on hand in your birthing suite during your labor for anyone who hasn't looked at your birth plan. To put things into perspective though, I'm a big advocate of owning your choices. So be aware that you always have a choice, but you must also acknowledge that with choice comes responsibility and the acceptance of consequences. In addition to this, I also say, don't go into your antenatal appointments expecting a fight. You just need to be educated and do your research, ask questions. And if you're being told statistics or about studies, then ask for the evidence. 
ask for that information that they're giving you verbally. It is up to your care providers to provide you with the evidence of why they recommend a procedure or induction or drugs or interventions, not the other way around. A great hashtag I've started using is hashtag show me your Cochrane, which I learned from Deborah Pascali Bonaro at her Pleasure to Pain workshop I recently attended. Just be prepared and give yourself time if you need to negotiate your birth preferences. I know you shouldn't have to negotiate, but with many care providers, you do. There may be some things your obstetrician will not change, and it's probably because that is what they've always done or what they've always believed is the right way. I don't believe obstetricians act in a devious or malicious way when it comes to birth. They only know what they've been taught. And what they've been taught is to be a really good surgeon. One that you would want by your side if things don't go to plan and you or your baby are not safe. But we don't want them jumping in and saving you when you really don't need saving. I hear it all the time. Women saying if my obstetrician hadn't done a cesarean for me, you know, me or my baby wouldn't be here today. I know that there are true cases of emergency where a baby needs to be born right now or the mother is in trouble and needs help. So there really are those events where you're really happy to have that obstetrician there by your side. But when we start messing with nature and playing the dead baby card to coerce or manipulate a mother into doing something that she doesn't really want to do, then that is not acceptable. It is these interventions and trying to control birth that is causing our high caesarean rates. It is that failure to wait instead of failure to progress. It is that language of fear rather than that language, language of encouragement. Your birth plan is a way for you to say that you know that you have a choice. You know that there's alternatives. You know that you can ask questions and be provided with all the answers you need to make an informed choice. It is also important to remember that two women can look at the same set of circumstances and make completely different decisions. That is what choice is all about. We are all different. We are all unique. Our babies are unique and each pregnancy is unique. That is why having a birth plan will provide your caregivers with your wants and needs, but understanding that in the event of a true medical emergency, you're able to give consent and allow the experts to do what they do best. So start thinking about the kind of birth that you want to have. Do you want a quiet, undisturbed birth? Do you want lots of music and laughter and conversation? Do you want to be just left alone to birth in your bubble of comfort? Do you want to have unlimited movement and access to the bath and the shower? Do you want the midwife to offer suggestions on birth positions, natural therapies and alternatives? Do you want to be coached on how to push or do you want to wait for your body to give you the sensations of when you need to push? How do you want your room to be set up in the hospital? Start thinking about your labour and birth and writing down some of the things that you want to enjoy and experience. For now, I also want you to enjoy your pregnancy. Love the life that you are nurturing inside and give your baby the best opportunity for a positive, 
calm birth experience. Do your research, ask questions and verify anything that you're told so if it doesn't feel right for you. Remember that your body is a robot to your mind. If your mind is strong and confident, then you can achieve anything. Read positive birth stories from other mothers who have had positive births, even if they had interventions or caesareans. Watch lots and lots of birth videos. What you want to do is fill your head with the physiology of birth and your body. Watch that head coming out and the perineum stretching gently and slowly. Do a vision board with all the images and words that resonate with you for a great birth experience. Visualisation is such a powerful technique, but it's one of the most underutilised techniques. Get yourself to an independent childbirth class. Research shows that women who attended independent classes like Hypnobirthing Australia basically halved the intervention rates for their birth. You can also do my Back to Basics Birthing online class if it's too hard for you to get to my face-to-face classes. And then I'll work with you in the support group as well. There's so much that you can do to prepare and your birth plan is just a starting point. I'm not going to wish you luck. You don't need luck. Everything you need is inside you. All you need to do is to ask questions. You need to... um, prepare yourself you need to get that education and you need that power and determination of your mind and body you can only do what you're prepared to do i hope you've enjoyed this podcast and i look forward to sharing more information with you soon for listening to back to basics birthing if you would like to get more information about my childbirth education classes hypnobirthing australia classes fear release sessions online course VBAC education pregnancy massage or any of my other services please visit my website at backtobasicsbirthing.com.au Hello and welcome to this episode of Massage and Light Touch During Labour. So Massage During Labour is an effective way of helping the labouring mother to relax, focus on her body and visualise. It's a very simple technique and can easily be done by the birth partner to increase the bond and the nurturing connection between, between the two of them, while at the same time helping to feel calm and supported during what can sometimes be quite an intense time. So one study showed that women who were massaged during labour were less anxious and experienced less pain, as well as having shorter labours and less postnatal depression than a control group of women who were not massaged. So that was a study by Simpkin and O'Hara in 2002. So the nervous system is responsible for the release of endorphins and interacts with the receptors in the brain to reduce our perception of pain. They resemble opiates in their abilities to produce analgesia and a feeling of well-being and have been found to be between 20 and 40 times stronger than morphine or codeine. Catecholamine levels that are produced with stress and anxiety can also affect and reduce the amount of oxytocin being produced during labour. 
Therefore, massage and light touch is definitely encouraged during labour, particularly by the birth partner, to increase endorphins and oxytocin to promote a shorter labour and a more positive birth experience. So another study conducted by the University of Miami School of Medicine of pregnancy massage in depressed women found that there was an increased level of feel-good hormones serotonin and dopamine, decreased levels of cortisol, an indicator of stress, and an overall improvement in mood. One of the main areas that labouring mums will want massage performed is the back, particularly the lower back around the sacrum, as this is the area where the baby will be putting more intense pressure. A comfortable position would be to have the labouring mum on a fit ball, leaning over the bed or on a chair that is back to front with her arms over the top of the chair, resting on a cushion or on the floor on all fours. Although you might need to make sure that her knees are supported with cushions or a mattress um, under her knees. Applying direct counter pressure firmly in this area during a surge or what we call a um, contraction can be quite effective at relieving pain as well as relaxing the pelvis and opening it slightly. The birth partner will have the heel of his palm across either side of the sacrum level with the top of her hips with fingers pointed outwards towards the hips and will gauge by the mum's response if she needs more or less pressure. Sometimes mums will even push back into the hands to get a stronger pressure if they need it. I tend to suggest mums push back into my hands because sometimes partners don't know their own strength and apply way too much pressure. So if you're doing this kind of uh, counter pressure, always gauge you know, what the mum wants, you know, what you think, not what you think is the right pressure. So they hold that position for a couple of surge breaths and then move the hands down about an inch and apply pressure to the next area again for a couple of surge breaths and then move down again until you get near to the bottom of the sacrum around the coccyx. Once you've completed this then start back at the top of the sacrum and repeat. Alternatively sometimes just having the pressure in one area for the duration of the surge is more comfortable for the mum. Partners need to make sure their posture is comfortable so that they can ensure that the right amount of pressure can be held on the sacrum for a long period of time or for as long as the mum needs this pressure applied. This can be done either standing or kneeling. I actually kneel down on one knee and have one knee up so that I can move into the mum if needed and so it feels more comfortable for me as well and it means that I can sustain that position for a longer period of time. The important thing to remember is that your hips need to be able to move into the pressure using the weight of your body rather than your shoulders and your arms. Another technique is to use pressure with the thumbs or again the heel of the hand on the glute muscle. So that's the fleshy meaty part of the bottom which can also help to relax the lower back and the pelvis area. This is particularly good after a surge and I often grab a large part of the butt and I shake. Similar to the rebozo technique of shaking the apple tree. This is to release any tension through the bottom, hips and pelvis ready for the next surge. In between surges the mum may prefer the pressure to be a lot lighter and gentle such as, a, such as the light touch massage. So what is light touch massage? When we use light touch massage, this may stimulate goosebumps which are the little bumps on a person's skin at the base of the body hairs 
which involuntarily develop when a person is cold or experiences strong emotions such as fear, pleasure, euphoria and sexual arousal. With these goosebumps comes the secretion of endorphins, which then counteracts the production of catecholamines, which are your stress hormones. With light touch massage, there is no definite way to perform this. It all depends on what feels best for the mum at that moment in time. At different times, light touch will be appropriate and welcome. At other times, it'll be rejected. I want to reassure partners not to take this to heart. Just try something different from your toolbox of techniques. The key is for the mum to feel safe, calm and relaxed. It's important to know that women may not be rational during labour. One minute they love something and then the next, the next moment they hate it and they look at you with daggers in their eyes or push you away. So again, don't take it personally. Partners who are listening to this and probably thinking, when are women ever rational? Any position that the mum feels comfortable in will be ideal for soft touch massage. The best ways to offer light touch massage is across exposed skin while the mum is sitting on a fitball, leaning over the bed or straddling a chair that is back to front and she then leans over the back of the chair, perhaps with a pillow across the top of the chair um, for her arms and elbows for comfort and her head resting on her arms. Or even sitting back to front on the toilet with a pillow on the cistern and resting her head on and arms on that. You can even kneel on the floor and lean over the couch or several cushions and also put a large soft pillow or bolster between your calves and your bottom to assist with circulation. I suggest mums wear a sarong with nothing underneath so that the material is loose and thin and can provide greater exposure of skin for light touch massage. It is really important for birth partners to be in a comfortable position while they're applying light touch massage as well. Please keep in mind that the labouring mum may want you to do this for several hours. So ensure that your posture is correct and you're feeling comfortable as hunched hunch shoulders and your back, if you, if you haven't got that good posture, is going to cause a lot of discomfort in your own body after a short period of time. Remember if your body is tight and tense, this is the energy that you will be transferring through to the labouring mum. A good way of being in a comfortable position is the mum straddling a chair that is back to front as previously mentioned and you sitting on the birth ball behind her with the ability to move and flow freely. During labour all the senses are heightened and become more acute so sometimes using the tips of your fingers can cause a ticklish sensation. So it might be worthwhile using the whole hand with a little more pressure if this is the case with your birthing partner. I start with both hands on her shoulders. This is what we call the anchor touch in our Hypnobirthing Australia classes. The mum has been conditioned that someone touching her on the shoulder reminds her to breathe and to drop down her shoulders and relax her jaw. We also suggest that this touch reminds mums that they are safe and supported and can release and let go releasing all stress and tension, letting go of any fears or doubts. I suggest mums also use essential oils. Clary sage is a good one to use during any stages of labour. I tend to put three or four drops on a cloth or I like to use chuck super wipes that you use for washing your dishes and mum just smells the oil from the cloth. 
This way, if the smells become too overpowering or she's had enough of, uh, enough of that smell, then she can put the cloth into a plastic Ziploc bag. This is a much better way of using essential oils during labour and I'll be doing a podcast on using essential oils safely another time. Now back to the light touch massage. So we start with the hands on the shoulders and hold that for a few seconds. The light touch massage is like caressing the skin in a soft and slow motion. From the shoulders, move the hands down the back in a V till you get to the bottom crack. Then move up the back with your hands moving in a figure eight. And when you get up to the neck, caress around the neck, around the the jaw, releasing any tension in the jaw, resting your tongue on your palate behind your two front teeth. Caressing around the face and the head, we hold so much tension in our scalp. And then I want you to go back down around the chest, across the breasts, and even stimulating the nipples. This is like foreplay for birth. It is soft, slow, and sensual. Leaning in and hugging, holding, and reassuring your partner. The laboring mum should feel loved and safe. Then your hands are moving up and down the back in figure eight, slowly. There's no rush. Everything is just slow and gentle and comforting. Caressing around the hips, along the outside of the thighs, and then moving up the inside of the the thighs towards the groin. She may even be open to you stimulating around the vulva. Maybe she's even open to orgasm orgasmic birth look it up i might even do a podcast on orgasmic birth in my classes we talk a lot about orgasms it is one of the most underutilized sense of touch during labor yet the most powerful orgasms release an abundance of oxytocin and to have good strong surges that are getting longer stronger and closer together you need oxytocin the big o orgasms equals oxytocin the movement of your light touch massage during labor is always slow and gentle i suggest that anywhere you know that your partner is aroused by light touch during foreplay is also going to stimulate the release of endorphins and oxytocin which will also increase uterine surges as part of my hypnobirthing classes i also give my couples a head massager as a thank you gift for attending my classes They used to be called the orgasmatron. Anyone who has ever had a demonstration of this tool will know exactly what I mean when I say this can create that Taj Mahal of endorphin stimulation. It really gives you the wow factor. There are other touch techniques that may be able to help with tension during labor. Using a rebozo can also be instrumental in helping a woman's body to release any tension, but also help with a baby who's malpositioned. The rebozo is a long shawl or wrap that is traditionally worn by Mexican people and can be used to provide comfort for women during pregnancy, labour and the postpartum period. There are so many different ways of using the rebozo and you would need to come to one of my Back to Basics birthing classes to see how to get the best out of your rebozo. The double hip squeeze is one of the most popular techniques for relieving back pressure during surges. The mum can be standing, sitting, leaning forward or on her hands and knees or again sitting back to front on the toilet. Your partner uses their hands against the hip bones with fingers pointing towards each other 
and applying pressure and squeezing inwards with a slight lifting motion during a surge. The mum may need to guide their partner on how much pressure to use and this can change with every surge. You can also do massage in a sideline position during labour which will help to relax the glutes, remember that's the bottom, the sacrotuberous ligament and the legs and the feet. Sideline will be comfortable for the mum which means you can spend more time in this area. Her position should be aided with pillows and some, something soft to lay on for more comfort. The bottom leg should be straight and the top leg should be at a right angle supported by a pillow underneath or she might prefer both legs bent with a pillow in between her legs. Using your thumbs, fist or the heel of your hand, use circular movements moving the muscles outwards. You can also find the bum bones and apply circular massage movements around the bone to help release the sacrotuberous ligament. If this ligament is tight, it could be the reason for a long slow labour or baby not being able to get into an ideal position. Again, to effectively learn these techniques, I suggest you do one of my classes so you know what you're doing. Ina Mae Gaskin discusses in her book Guide to Childbirth that shaking the muscles of the mother's bottom or thighs is an effective way of helping some women relax during labour. She would grip the thigh muscles during a surge and begin to gently and rhythmically shake the muscle from side to side. The labouring mum will start to go with the flow of that rocking rhythm and her calves and thighs will relax, which, will, which then helps the cervix to relax and open as well. Another technique she highlights in her book is the practice called chung. This is where two or three support people would shake the labouring mum vigorously all over her body if she was having a prolonged labour. In our Hypnobirthing Australia or my Back to Basics birthing class, I also show you how to use acupressure points for relieving pain, increasing endorphins and oxytocin, and obviously for calming and relaxation to have a positive calm birth. At some births I've been at, this is all a woman, a woman will use during her labor. Massage, acupressure and breathing along with encouragement and love. So I hope you've enjoyed this mini podcast and I look forward to sharing more back to basics birthing tips in my next podcast.